my dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we are in the first Sunday of the Lent. Lent is primarily the time of intense spiritual preparation for conquering our temptations, using the means Jesus used during his 40 days of preparation in the desert for public ministry, for his public life. It is also the time for renewing ourselves, our lives, for the celebration of the Easter with our risen Lord, who conquered sin and death by his suffering, death, and resurrection. And today's readings teach us that we are always tempted by the devil, by the world, and by our own selfish interests. So we need to cooperate actively with God's grace to conquer our temptations. In the first reading, Adam and Eve failed when tempted. In the gospel, Jesus is tempted three times and never fails. Even our Lord Jesus was tempted three times. What does that tell us about? It tells us that temptations are common in life. Temptation is an ever-present reality in life. Though the temptations are common in life, we need to try our best not to enter, entertain them or not to be entertained. It is possible, is it possible to come, overcome these temptations in our life? I would say yes, it is possible. If it is possible, then how do we overcome these temptations? And today's gospel reading teaches us how the desert experience of fasting, prayer, praying, and soul strengthening enabled Jesus to confront his temptations successfully and then to preach the good news of salvation for all of us. And that's how we can overcome the temptation. But remember, temptations will come. That is common for all of us. And we learn from Jesus how to overcome these temptations. And why the Son of God, the Jesus himself, had to be tempted. And there are three reasons why Jesus was tempted. First, to learn to be, to learn obedience, the control of his body, mind, and spirit. The second, to secure righteousness, the ideal perfection and sinlessness for man. The third, to experience all the infirmities of human life so that Jesus would be able to understand and help and give support, which means he can easily sympathize with us. And let us go a little more detail, exegetical study of the temptations of Jesus Christ. The first temptation of Jesus Christ. The first temptation of Christ was to prove that he is the Son of God, that is, to secure the loyalty of men by two acts. So here, Christ was tempted to use his own power to meet his personal need as well as the worldwide need, that is, hunger. In the second, Christ was tempted to trust in himself, not 
God and to choose another way other than God's ways. And Jesus could have very well proved himself that he is the son of God by using his supernatural power to create bread. He could have secured the loyalty of men by feeding them, that is, by meeting their physical needs, the physical needs of the people. But he would have failed in meeting the spiritual needs of the people. And he would have failed to teach error, the error that is, physical is more important than the spiritual. The receiving is more important than the giving. So there is a spiritual hunger that is just not met by bread. So our responsibility is the same as Christ's was. And this temptation is teaching us that we need to trust God and seek the things of God as we walk in our daily lives. That's what we read in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you. We learn a few lessons from this first temptation. Temptation often attacks an area of desperate need, such as hunger and the various other needs. And there is a right and a wrong way to meet the need. It is often felt that if the real need can be met, then how it is met is excused. That is, the end justifies the means. My dear brothers and sisters, one must learn that one does not live by bread alone. Man is not just body, man also has the spirit. Therefore, he needs God and he is dependent upon God, which means man cannot live without God. So temptation is to be resisted by using the word of God. The believers must study and learn the scriptures, the word of God, in order to withstand this type of temptations. Remember, the greater the need, the greater the attack of temptation. The second temptation of Christ was to prove that he was the son of God by testing God and by doing a spectacular event that is jumping from the cliff. My dear brothers and sisters, God is not to be tested. His will, his power, his protection, his promises are not to be presumed upon or taken advantage or misused. God is not to be tested or tried. God is to be trusted. His will and his word are to be trusted and obeyed just as they are laid down. All things are to be done exactly as God wants us to do and as he says. And there are three essential things in order to conquer this type of temptation in our life too. In order to come out of, overcome this temptation, we need to follow these three simple steps. First, living with God moment by moment. 
genuinely living in constant communion with him. Second, living in God's word, really knowing his promises in order to use them as they were meant to be used. And third, realizing that the power of Satan is limited power. He can only tempt. He cannot force you, force anyone to sin. The Satan took Jesus to the top of the temple. The Satan tempted Jesus, but he did not push Jesus from there. The same way, Satan can only tempt us. It cannot force us to sin. Therefore, if a person is living in communion with God and living in God's word, he will be moved to obey God more than he is moved to yield to the temptations. The third temptation of Jesus Christ was to prove that he was the son of God by compromising. Christ was tempted to compromise his ministry and his mission to secure the world without the cross and without paying the price. He was tempted to choose another way instead of God's ways to achieve his purpose. And Jesus was tempted to compromise his life and his loyalty. He was tempted to switch loyalties. He was offered the world and the sovereign leadership of the world if he would just do one thing, worship the devil. Worship the devil meant to allow the world, to including all the people, to remain corruptible and dying with no hope of life eternal that God offers us. It was the temptation to allow the world to continue as it is and allow the devil to continue his work within the world in order to frustrate God's eternal plan for the world. Compromising with the devil and the world is not God's way. God's way is to conquer the world, the corrupt world, and the death of the world. God alone is to be worshipped, not the devil, nor the world and its powers. And this temptation teaches us few things. That a believer is often tempted to compromise both his life and his work or ministry. The tempter, Satan, wants a person to live for the world only and to ignore his spirit that is destined to live forever. And Satan deceives and lies. The kingdom of this world is temporary for a few short years. And believers cannot receive from Satan what God has planned for us, that is, eternal life. And this type of temptations must be resisted immediately. And Jesus did not hesitate a moment in resisting this temptation. He said, Satan, get away. That should be our immediate response to face this type of temptation. My dear brothers and sisters, these three temptations that Jesus experienced, and he was victorious over these temptations. And these temptations we can put in a simple form, like the first temptation was temptation of the body, the bodily need. The second temptation was the temptation of mind. The third temptation was the temptation of the soul. Jesus was tempted completely, the same way 
we too will be tempted in our day-to-day -day life. And to overcome these temptations, let us look up to our master who faced these temptations and he was victorious over these temptations because he completely trusted in God. He used scripture in order to overcome the temptation. And he was always doing the will of God because he understood that God's mission that was entrusted to him was more important. My dear brothers and sisters, and the first Sunday of the Lent is inviting all of us also to resist these temptations and to be like Jesus, like God. And for this, I have three suggestions for us during the season of Lent. The first, make constant use of sacrament of reconciliation, which grants grace and restores our blessing and gives us new life. The second, seek God through prayer, through the Holy Scriptures, and through the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And third, be open to a person to guide you and to mold you in your spiritual life, which means a spiritual guidance, a spiritual leader for you. And these things will help us to live our life in a wonderful way and to overcome temptations in our life. As I said in the beginning, temptations are common in life, but it is possible for us to overcome. It is only by surrendering our lives completely to the Lord and relying on the scripture and doing the will of God will help us to overcome temptations in our life. Therefore, in this Mass in a special way, let us ask the Lord to give us the grace that we may stand still during the times of our temptation and prepare well to celebrate the Easter mysteries with our risen Lord. Amen. I believe in one God, the, the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God, God from, from God, God, light from light, true God, God from true God, God begotten God not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us men and for our salvation, he came, he came down, down from, from heaven, heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As Christians, we place our trust in God alone, mindful of his care for us, 
we bring our prayers of petition to our Heavenly Father. For the church, that God's grace will strengthen us to love him more fully and our neighbors as ourselves, so that we might be the face of Christ to everyone we meet. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For world leaders, that they may not be deceived by empty promises of power and earthly glory, but rather keep their hearts focused on God and his promises. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For families, that they will recommit themselves to fervent prayer this Lent, so as to grow in greater love and holiness. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our catechumens who are celebrating the rite of election, and our candidates who are experiencing the continual call to conversion, that they will know Christ more deeply through his church. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who hunger and are, and are in need, that their hearts will be open to share our bounty with them in this Lenten season. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for all who have died, that they may rest in the peace of God's loving embrace, we pray to the Lord. We join together in our prayer for vocations. Almighty Father, Father you have created us for some definite purpose. Grant us the grace to know the paths you have planned for us in this life and to, and to respond with a generous yes. Make, Make our archdiocese, parishes, homes, and hearts fruitful ground for your gifts of vocation. May our young people respond to your call with courage and zeal. For among our men desire and strength to be good and holy priests. Bless us with consecrated religious and those called to a chastening life, permanent deacons and faithful husbands and wives who are a sign of Christ's love for his church. We commend our prayer for vocations to you, Father, for the intercession of Mary, our mother, in the Holy Spirit, through Christ our Lord. Amen. All things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the cornerstone.
and your brothers and sisters that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept his sacrifice from your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good, the good of all his holy church. Give us the right disposition, O Lord, we pray, to make these offerings, for with, with them we celebrate the beginning of this venerable and sacred time. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord, by abstaining forty long days from earthly food, he consecrated through his fast the pattern of our Lenten observance. And by overturning all the snakes of the ancient serpent, taught us to cast out the leaven of malice, so that celebrating worthily the Paschal mystery, we might pass over at last to the eternal Paschal feast. And so, with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and the working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, 
the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins do this in memory of me the mystery of faith save us savior of the world for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you willed to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect. <laughs> 